0: It's the sick show. It's
1: the sick show. It's the sick show.
0: Hey. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> can you hear okay? Do I need to bring up your headphones or anything?
1: No, I hear you just fine. All right. Oh, my God. There you are. Hello. Oh, my God. Here I'm like have. a little sneaker.
0: So I've made one change in here that you may notice. Um, I've, I've got a dimmable light now. So it's right behind you. And um, now we can... Right? Wow. So one of the things. Mood lighting. It really is because (laughs) it's really bothered me being in here and I had that other light. It was a chandelier. I don't know if you remember that. I don't even remember it. Oh my God. That thing was so bright. And like I'd come up here for work and I'd have this light like shining right in my eye.
1: When you get older, better lighting is good. It's important.
0: (laughs) So I got this guy and that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted just something very, very simple. Up on the ceiling that I could dim and just kind of set the mood.
1: Yeah, just kind of bring it down. Because right now
0: it doesn't feel like it's five in the afternoon. No. Yeah. feels like we're sitting here hanging out after.
1: (laughs) Long day at work.
0: Absolutely. And it probably was a long day at work. Chilling. So you're back.
1: Yes, I am.
0: I want to thank you for coming on the last time. Yeah. I had an incredible response. And I was so happy that you reached back out to do some follow up because I knew there were some things that we didn't touch on Correct. Uh, when you're in here the last time but, you know not that I really have a time limit but at some point in a conversation it's like hey let's let's go back and listen to it and after listening to it I'm like oh man <laughs> oh boy, uh, there's gonna be some stuff she wants to come back and yeah. chat about. And I know you've been thinking about it, I know you've listened to it and, and taken down some notes. And uh, I'm excited, I'm excited. I wanted to, hear to what ask you, you did you get any
1: good questions that maybe I could answer for you? <laughs>
0: really, it was really interesting. Um, had a lot of positive, like thumbs up, I guess. Yeah. you know, it's almost like a like, it's not the same, right. but it's just kind of a, a yes or no type thing. I had a um, quite a few, uh, and I could probably look them up, but I don't want to mess. Well, you're fine. But, um, a, a lot of, uh, responses on the, um, Oh, um, the Q and a of, uh, you know, so it, yeah, a lot of feedback, but it's really interesting to see the type of feedback that comes in, um, for a podcast. It's, it's not like what you see on social media. You know, I think at some point you're probably driving
1: when you're listening to this. That's usually when I like to listen is when I'm driving or cleaning something that I just want to keep my mind busy.
0: Yeah. And so I, I I don't worry so much about the feedback that I'm getting. I see the listens. 200 people have heard your story and it's still continuing to, to gain, uh, gain traction. So I don't worry so much about the feedback Um, cause I I don't give feedback. I listen to a lot of podcasts on the road a lot and I'm not, I don't text and drive for one.
1: I don't really give a lot of feedback on podcasts, but you said you got some. So I thought, well, maybe he got some questions that maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you never know what, when people are listening, what they're thinking. Yeah. You know, like I wish I would have known (laughs) that. I had one person say, I didn't realize it took that long to get the death certificate for the autopsy, for the all that stuff. So, yeah. and the, I mean, I think, I think if there's not an autopsy, you don't have to wait that long, you know.
0: Yeah, we didn't have to with my father. Yeah, and it was, and he had put in his in his will that he didn't want an autopsy. He didn't want any.
1: Yeah, you know. I didn't want him to have to go through that, but it wasn't my choice. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's good
0: to know, though. I mean, it is. You, it is. You got, you got children that are that are still young. It and, is. I think it's important that that they know hey this is something right that that could be hereditary you know my my mother had um i think they're called ischemic or ischemic strokes Mm -hmm. Uh, so they're like mini yeah yeah ischemia and um the night she passed away had over 20 of them uh, within a, a few short hours. Yeah. and So it's important. I think it's something important for me and my brothers and my sister to know and my children mm-hmm. to be aware of, hey,
1: this is something that, that is, is in our family. It
0: is, yeah. yeah. So, um,
1: so I'll just kind of touch on my notes. One of the things I wrote down here at the beginning was um, after, I mean, I know I'm a female and I know I'm not his bloodline. But it became kind of important to me to be more proactive about my health, so I reached out to my doctor, and um, she pointed me in the direction of getting a heart scan. I guess you can go get a heart scan for forty nine bucks. Fifty bucks, yeah. Yeah, and um, they check all four chambers of the heart, look for plaque uh, buildup, any of that kind of stuff. You get the results pretty immediately, so. Yeah. That's just something to kind of be proactive about.
0: Is it just through IU Health or do... uh, Well, I
1: go to IU Health, but I'm sure other hospitals offer this stuff.
0: Yeah, for 50 bucks for peace of mind. Uh, A few years ago, um, I think it was... um, Oh, my gosh. I'm having a moment. Scott Blakely's brother, Chris, um, had had... um, I think he'd had a heart attack of some sort. Mm-hmm. I, and I apologize if you're listening. Please send me a message. Let me know so I get it right. And I'll, Clear it I'll, up. <laughs> yeah, I'll you know, put it out there. But I remember them talking about it um, at a soccer like get-together and, um, or something. I can't remember exactly where right. we ran into them, but it was like, okay, I'm going to go get it done.
1: Yeah. It's something
0: I need to get done. And And
1: I don't think it's something you have to do very often. I mean,
0: I wouldn't think so either. Uh, Sorry, we're kind of off topic, but no, you're good. (laughs) um, A friend of mine called me and this is someone who's not real close to me. His name's John Williams, but, um, John and I are friends and, um, met him through Jennifer and we became friends working through JD Byrider. Jennifer dated him for a while. And then I, Jennifer and I got together and then uh, John actually called me to ask me if I want to come work with him. It's oh, really well, that's cool. Yeah. But a uh, great guy. And um, John has made this public, so I'm not, you know, I don't think I'm crossing any lines with him. But uh, he he called me up and he's like, how's things going? Blah, blah, blah. We're just in the middle of a, a regular conversation like right. you and I are having. And he said, hey, uh, have you ever had a colonoscopy?
1: I'm like, that's kind of what?
0: kind of an interesting question, but I'm sure there's a reason you're asking. But no, I haven't. And he said, well, "I know you're getting about that age, and um, that uh, that's something I'd, I'd I'd like to encourage you to go get checked." He said, "I recently found out I have colon cancer, and it was because of that that I was able to to get on top of this quickly."
1: Right. Um. So, I know at age 45 is when they recommend it. Yep. So we're definitely in the box.
0: So. Oh my God. So you just said box and it's really interesting because uh, I just went to the doctor and um, my my nurse practitioner said, Hey, why don't we go ahead and get the guard?
1: I did that. Yeah. So <laughs> and I've got this whole
0: bit that I've been working on about shitting in a box.
1: Yeah, it's uh, terrible. You know, it's it's
0: really interesting because it's not a box. It's, it's not a box. You know, it's like it's, a bucket. <laughs> yeah, it's like you got to poop in a little bucket
1: though. Um, and there's so many restrictions. And I was I was reading this and I'm thinking somebody had to have done this, and that's why they put a warning: do not overfill it. Do not right. <laughs> Like what? Don't put poop (laughs) up inside the thing. Like what? (laughs) Who's playing? But honestly can't be like liquid. It has to be solid.
0: (laughs) I spent I spent a drive. So and this is before I went to the doctor and she told me I was gonna get one of these cool guard boxes Mm -hmm. mailed. But I'm just thinking about, you know, who who is there receiving this shit box?
1: I was wondering that too. Like, what, a, what do what they a, think?
0: What a shitty job that must be. <laughs> yes. I mean man, what a stinker of yeah. a job that has to be. You know, to be the person that gets the box in the so I've got I I'm would not
1: you, want to be that person. I've got like a twenty minute bit on this whole thing. Like and, I uh, I could find a million things uh, I'd rather be doing. You ever did you
0: watch Saturday night live? Ever? Yeah, I did. So there's a whole, uh, there's there's a song out there, and it's Justin Timberlake and one of the Saturday Night Live people, and they talk about getting a box, cut a hole in it, and it's a. Oh
1: my God, that's great.
0: It's yeah. That's great. This whole time, (laughs) I keep singing that song in my head. (laughs) Only I'm singing. I just took a shit in a box. I sent Jennifer a text. She's going to kill me for this one, man. That's okay. Uh, I sent her a text, and I'm holding the box like it's ready to ship. And I said, I shit in the box. Do you want to know something so funny? (laughs) Step one. Oh, my gosh.
1: So I set my box outside and alerted them and told them it was ready, right? (laughs) (laughs) Ryan said, the raccoons are going to come along and realize that it's not Amazon. Oh. Well, then I left the next morning, and I said, "Oh, they didn't take it yet." And he, so he sends me a selfie with my box.
0: Oh, it's it's such a bizarre experience. It is,
1: but it's better than.
0: You're right. You're right. Well, I'm awaiting results. So okay. uh, Well, they don't take too long. Hopefully, they'll find out just as I have known for years that my shit don't stink,
1: (laughs) and it's just fine. And it's everything's coming out fine.
0: Right. I'm I'm a. Uh, my, I'm a perfect asshole.
1: <laughs> did so you put? Have put, put, did, put cologne, this one. did you put cologne? Did you put cologne on? Your box? No,
0: I did not. I didn't. I should have. God, that would have been so good. <sighs> Somebody would have got that. Who's the person opening that box? And they're like, mm, I can't wait to see what's in this you box. You Should
1: have hung like one of those little green trees in oh, there. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, that's so good. See, that's why we need these podcasts. Oh my god. My Man. That's so anyway, great. God, I'm so sorry. We, no, it's I just, cool. I had to talk about the, you know, that. that We're that
1: talking experience. about health. We I are. mean, why not?
0: We are. Uh, I know I need to get my eyes checked. <laughs> there are things I can't read anymore. And, yeah. You know, I realized I'm not 50, but somebody's 50th birthday was today, Tracy Harris. Yeah. Happy uh,
1: birthday, Tracy. So, um,
0: I made sure I sent her a message and
1: told her, and a lot
0: of our classmates, have you turned 50?
1: No, I just turned 49. Darn right you just did. Just now. I'm the right. baby. That's right. That's right. So
0: Jennifer and I are still forty
1: nine uh, through
0: January, and um, I will um, I'll turn fifty at the end of January. She's somewhere toward the middle. So all right, so you yeah. guys are only a few weeks apart. Ten days. Wow, Ten that's awesome. Days. Hers is seventeenth. Mine's the twenty seventh. That's wonderful. So, so i sorry, man, this is, this is what is magical about podcasting. And you've talked a little bit about wanting to get your own podcast started. I, yeah. Man, I can't wait to help you with that. That'd and, be exciting. And to listen to someone else and get so far off track, you know, and get, <laughs> get in a shitbox situation. <laughs> right. Like we were just in. So you got
1: some notes? Um, yeah, I got some more stuff here. I like it. Um. So another thing that I just jotted down here was I kind of thought it was really good that David and I actually had a conversation. Kind of some of the things that we wanted to happen if, you know, we were the one that went. Mm -hmm. And the reason I jotted that down is because I feel like since I knew some of the things he wanted, it really eased my heart when I was at a time of everything was just so heavy, you know? So for the fact that he said, you know, I want this, I want this, I want this, then when it came time, I didn't even have to think about it. So I guess I would just encourage you that if you're not comfortable enough having that conversation or if your spouse isn't willing to hear you or whoever your next of kin is that you're leaving in regards, write it down somewhere, put it in a drawer, and say it's in that drawer if something ever happens. Because it's such a, like game changer when you have to do that stuff, you know, like you said, when your dad, you had a really detailed wheel, mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't have to, there wasn't a lot of gray area. There
0: was, there was no guess. And
1: I'm telling you, if you would have had to ha- you know, it, that was hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, and I was thinking about that when we were talking the first time that, yeah. you know, I think I'd ask, did you guys have a will? And, um, you know, even through this still haven't got it done. I
1: haven't either, That's, but I've given like, it some more thought. I think, hey, we're already winning because we did the box. That's, that's, we're true. one right. ahead of most people our age. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I, I, I think, um, you know, for, for me, for, for you, you know, obviously we've talked about the difference. It's different losing, you know, a parent and, right, right. House, obviously, but, but having, having that, um, and I won't I won't call it a burden either because it wasn't a burden. It was something I was very proud to do. Oh my yeah, dad most I'm sure definitely. Very proud to do too. But having that knowledge and knowing here's what their wishes were. Right, right. Boy, it just took so much weight off. It of did. Us. Um, I, I haven't shared a whole lot about losing my mother, but um, she was in in a very poor situation health wise after having multiple strokes, couldn't speak for herself. Right. Couldn't couldn't communicate in any way of what she wanted but we'd known um that she did not want to live in that type of condition she would rather um rather die yeah than than to live in a um you know a, a high intensity level of care required right I don't know what else you know uh how else to put that Cause there are many different ways to see it but um that was a decision we had to make as a family and and I'm very thankful my dad allowed my my siblings and I to have a voice. have a say, in that. yeah. You know, and I
1: did that for my kids too, you yeah, know. I think it's important. It is. It and is. that kind of gateways me into my next topic that I jotted down for you. And that is, um, you know, you said your dad knew what your mom wanted. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. So one of the things my therapist told me to do was to write David a letter and tell him everything like I'm so glad I got to meet you and um, Mm -hmm. I'm angry at you because you didn't go to the doctor and I wish you would have said something and just all these different emotions you know and why did you leave your socks on the floor just anything sure that you wish you could have said to them and then you flip that little paper over and you write dear Lisa I already know what David's gonna say you know I hated going to the doctor. I ain't. I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And I left my socks on the floor because they stink, and I wanted you to smell them. <laughs> I mean, things like I just, I know what he's going to say. Yeah. And I think that you know what that loved one's going to say. You wish you had that last conversation or whatever, but we really already know. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know him well enough, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's so true. I'm, I'm reflecting a little bit on, on that, uh, you were, you were talking about journaling, um, before we got started here yeah. and boy, I wish I was a journaler. this is my journal. Yeah, this, I get it. Uh, I, it's very difficult for me to sit down and just write, but for me to have I don't a like to write
1: either. That's why I kind of want to start a podcast yeah. just because I enjoy talking. I enjoy people and I just, I just enjoy it, you know?
0: Yep. So I, you know, I hope, um, I was talking to the guys that were here earlier, had, Eric Wilson. If you need any electrical stuff done, see Eric Wilson. He is very good. He is incredible. Uh, But I was talking to them just about they the one fellow um, Ron, Blakely. He wasn't familiar with podcasting, and I was telling him it's just a chronicle, man. It's just a way to to chronicleize and have conversation and to share it out. Uh, So I encouraged him to go to to my website, check it out. out. He does. I can't wait to see. But um, you know, this is a, a. there's therapeutic qualities of it, uh, just like with the journaling. Right. Boy, to be able to get that out and say that, um, with the with the intent to say it to him, right. You're writing it to him. Um, I think that's really cool. There's many times I've had conversations with my mom and my dad. Um, you know, either just driving in the car or going out to their graveside. Just, you
1: know what they're gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter has has mentioned that a few times. She's like, Mom, I just wish I could call him. And just what would he, I said, you already know what he's going to say. You already know. Just listen to yourself. I mean, you already know. I mean, how cool
0: is though you have those, those recordings where you can still hear his voice. Yeah. I'd kept a
1: a voicemail from my dad for quite a while. Uh, It's gone now. I had one from my grandma and I thought Uh, it was gone, but it's okay. I mean, it is what it is. I probably got home videos somewhere. Yeah. But it's not the same. You're right. It's not the same. it's not the same. But it's okay.
0: It's there. It's something. You know, it's that whole idea that you get to share him with a generation, you know, with your grandkids that don't get to to that personal right. opportunity. But um, at least there's something there.
1: You want to know something so funny? I was talking about his feet stinking. <laughs> this is just a funny joke here. Well, not really a joke, but it's just reality. Okay, so... Um, at the hospital they removed his shoes okay for like the autopsy stuff well then the day of everything they asked me do you have his wedding band and I said no the coroner took it they have it. They had it on his person They went, I didn't get anything so they had to track that down then the funeral home says do you got his shoes and I said no he had them on his feet like those are the shoes I want on him well we can't find them we can't find them anywhere so I took another pair of shoes up there they brought me their shoes back that was on his feet, and they are sealed airtight, and I have not opened them. <laughs> I'm not
0: going to lie. I, I knew David well enough. I'm sure that bag um, at one time was probably like, you know, vacuum sealed, but now it's through. It's probably fermented, and <laughs> it's ballooned out, you know, like, like a good pizza dough. It's. <laughs>
1: I was teasing my daughter. I said, I don't know what to do with them. And she goes, just open them up and give them to my dogs. Because one year for Christmas, he wrapped up one of his socks and gave it to one of her dogs. And they loved it. That's so good. I don't know what else to do with them.
0: (laughs) You brought some things along with you to share. Yeah, so
1: I brought... We were talking about journaling, so I thought I would share just a couple of like journal entries. Just because they're kind of... I don't know. The one book that my daughter got for me, Letters to My Husband in Heaven, it actually... um kind of leads you into, it asks you a question or something at the beginning like of that. the journal entry, and then you just kind of fill in the blank.
0: Yeah. Can you share that?
1: Uh, yeah. I'm going to like share this the... one. The book or the...
0: Yeah. Share the book.
1: The book is Letters to My Husband in Heaven. Okay. And uh, it doesn't have an author. It's just a journal. Okay. I don't see... And what are some of the, the prompts? So, okay. I'll read some of those for you. Uh, the Day You Died... Um, right now I feel my first night without you, if I could go back in time, Hmm. if I could ask you one thing, something I liked about you. And that's actually a page I wanted to share. I don't know where all these receipts came from, but okay. Uh, so something I liked about you. There are so many things that I loved about you. First and foremost, your love for me and our children and your family. Um, and my family, you seriously could love to the fullest comforting me when I was hurting, being with me when I felt less than and supported me when I screwed up and you literally have no boundaries when it came to that. Um, I am far from perfect, but you didn't make me feel less than that. In fact, you would defend me when I was in the wrong. And yes, I said it, I was wrong. The deeper, I'm sorry, I can't read my own writing. (laughs) Um, I'll just go to the next paragraph because I can't even read that. Loving you has always been easy. I'm sure you, um, there were times that I was difficult to love, but loving you has always been worth it. Your laughter and warm embraces are so missed these days. And I will never forget the day that you made me feel in quite a, I don't know, I can't read my own writing. (laughs) (laughs) You could tell these were wrote in the moment. Yeah. Your love was the best kind of love. And then I had one other one in here I was going to share. Because I asked Scott, which one should I share? And he said, both. So.
0: Well, of course I want both shared. I mean. Well, why not?
1: Yeah. The hardest part about our ending is that I didn't see it coming. You left after, you left for work that morning and never came home. I never got to kiss you goodbye. I just said, have a good day and left at six o'clock in the morning. And you were still asleep when I left. When Jeff called me from your phone, I had no idea that you were already gone. Jeff didn't know it either. He only knew that it didn't look good. I hated thinking about what you must have went through that day feeling. And Jeff said that you told him that morning that you were having some chest pains and indigestion. I hate that I never got to see you at the hospital, but I also know that you wouldn't have wanted me to have that vision burned into my memories. I just wish I would have known something so that I could have embraced you one last time. I would have woke you up and told you that I loved you and reminded you how amazing you are. The worst part about our ending is that we have one. I never wanted to say, see you later. Not in my lifetime. I just knew that you would outlive me, but God called you home.
0: I'm going to have to make sure that when I put this out, mm-hmm. like when I go back in and, and throw in the intro and, and stuff to, uh, to tell everybody just, just, stop the car for a moment (laughs) this may not be the best uh driving uh
1: this might be more of a cleaning one (laughs) yeah
0: you know uh, and you were asking earlier about some feedback i'd gotten and and it was a lot of uh feedback about you know that one got me that one made me cry that i was a lot of
1: people told me that too and some people would even say like i can't listen to it all in one setting yeah i had to pause it and it's hard and i get it it's hard and I listened back to it and I thought, man, I didn't found, I didn't sound super sad. And it's not that I'm not sad because I am sad by the whole situation. But I think I've just learned how to cope through it. Sure. And I've learned how to separate that stuff because otherwise I would just be a ball of emotions all the time. Right.
0: And then it would be a whole different type of Yeah. you know. A whole
1: different life for me too. Absolutely.
0: I mean uh, I I would, I I am, I've been very open with Jennifer that, uh, if if something were to happen to me, I want her to live. I want her to continue to live and find love again, and and um, to find joy and make sure she's happy.
1: Does she? Is she like me and say I'll never do it again, or does she say okay? <laughs> no, I
0: think I uh, I mean, I I think she's. She understands that I'm I'm mature enough to hear her say, "Yep, I, I'll I hope to find love again." You know, if something happens yeah, to you, yeah. I, on the other hand, I'm like, I ain't never doing this again.
1: Right? I said the <laughs> same thing, same thing. It's not fun. I think it's just because I was with him for so long. I was like, I need a break. And now that I got a break, I'm like, okay, I didn't really mean that. <laughs>
0: And and it's not about a break for me, and and, it, and it's tongue in cheek, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I invest, I've invested all of me in into creating this life together, right. and um, I I am so vested in it, and I'm sure you guys were too. To where the idea of investing all of that again, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm so proud of you for for taking ownership of your life after this Thank event you. happened. And, and and to say, yep, it was something I didn't think I would do again, but I realize my life continues. Mm-hmm. And, and the joy in having, uh, I am sure I would need a companion. Uh, I'm sure of that. And because of the void that Jennifer fills for me, Mm -hmm. Uh, there is so much she does for me just by being here. Mm -hmm. And and you, you can recognize that better than, than we can because you've had that void not filled, ripped from you. So I, I, I think it's so important to, to recognize. Sure. I'll often, I, I do say, I ain't doing this again. Right. <laughs> but I think deep down once I realize once you're faced with it, you'll boy, feel a little different. I cannot. I, I number one, I can't imagine life without her.
1: Right. Right. And it's, she's always been there.
0: And 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 I hope, um, I hope that continues. You know, for both of our lives, we get a live a long and fruitful life. I've told her multiple times, eighty, eighty's about it. You know, but there are times when I'm like, hey, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe 120, 100. <laughs> maybe 120. Yeah. Maybe I got 100 in me. She's like, oh god, when I say it that way, then she starts realizing, holy crap, I don't want to be this kind of 120. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we have we we have been very fortunate uh, to be able to have those open, honest and candid conversations with yeah. one another to know what our wishes are, what what we would like. But the problem with that is we
1: haven't put it on paper. Um, that's okay because if you're married and you're her next of kin, sure. you know what her, absolutely you know. So that's okay if it's not on paper. Yep. Now, God forbid you guys are in a wreck together. Sure. That'll be a whole situation. Yep. But as long as it's one or the other.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately for us, we've been... I think our kids are aware of that, too, and Mm -hmm. they know what our wishes are, and um, it's not like we have a whole lot to leave to them or anything. Right. You know, one of them, hopefully, will want the Bob Ross painting. It's all I care about.
1: (laughs) You think you don't have a whole lot to leave, but let me tell you, you probably have a lot more than you think. And you'll be like, well, I didn't even care about that. And your kid will be like, I loved that. You don't even realize how much it meant to them, you know? Yep. It's kind of interesting.
0: How special is that? It's you know? pretty cool. Give the give the shoe to my dog. <laughs> it's not about the dog. It's not about the dog. It's not about the dog.
1: One other thing I jotted down here was that um, what to do for someone other than giving them flowers. Mm. I feel like anytime you hear about somebody that passes away, well, we ought to send them flowers. I know. We ought to send them flowers. Let me tell you. <laughs> My living room is 15 by 19. So it's a large room. Yeah, My whole floor Ugh. was covered nut to butt in vases. It was terrible. Yeah. Not only did it smell like the funeral home, Ugh. but now I'm like, who? my mom came over one night. I remember specifically, I said, mom, we're having pizza tonight. Stop by and get some. She said, okay. I ran it out to her with a vase of flowers. She goes, what are you doing? I said, if you want pizza, you have to take flowers. Oh, that's so good. Because, I mean, there was just so many. Plus, they're like, what, 60 bucks for right. a bouquet of flowers? Absolutely. And yeah. I'm not saying don't send flowers right. if that's what your love language is and that's what you want to do for somebody. That's okay. But I had some people that did key things for me that made a that was a game changer. And those stick out to me more than the flowers. And those things were one person came over and mowed my yard while I was gone. I just came home. My yard was mowed. I had a friend come over. Um, I had a million people bringing in food, lunch oh, yeah. meat, chips, yeah. plates, cups, soda, just all kinds of stuff. She came over and cleaned my house. She organized everything, swept my floors, set out in the yard with me downtime Mm -hmm. and I didn't because I think I look back at it now and I think man I must have been so scatterbrained because I don't let my house get chaotic you know and it wasn't that it was bad it was just there were paper plates here and there and some over there and bags of chips everywhere and I'm Mm -hmm. (laughs) could someone help me put this together so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming when I walk into the space you know
0: you were, you were mentioning, you know, people coming to mow in your yard and, uh, I had an accident in 2019 and, um, it was in the middle of a move. So Jennifer and I were moving from, uh, 3,300, 3,400 square foot home, three acres and all the stuff we'd accumulated Mm -hmm. in that house 15 years to a 900-square-foot house oh, uh, with a one-car garage over in Muncie. It was kind of our tweener house, you know, in between. Did you have a storage unit? No, we did not. Gracious. And it was the great giveaway of 2019.
1: (laughs) The great giveaway. But I I
0: remember my nephew, Brandon, um, mowing our yard over there because I couldn't mow the yard because I had a broken back. And... I couldn't really get around, but I, I was sitting in the garage giving things away. They'd be like, what about this? Yeah, hey, you want it? Yeah, I'll take it. And that was a great giveaway. Yeah. And Jennifer's doing the same thing in the house, you know, with yeah. people. But um, every once in a while, we'll grab something when we're at family's houses now. Get it back? We won't. Yeah, we'll take it. Can I have my... No, you don't ask. Oh, you just take it. Yeah, just take it. Okay. Yeah. I, I got almost back to Madison one time with uh, with a table that's out here in the hallway. Yeah. Uh, and my sister-in-law called and said, hey. Where's that table? (laughs) But anyway, but I remember Brandon mowing my yard and Mm -hmm. how, man, I just remember thinking, I can't even mow my own yard. But I was so thankful that he took the time to get out the new mower because, you know, we went from three acres to a small city. like Push mower. Yeah. And he put the mower together because I just bought it. Hadn't even put it together yet. He Mm -hmm. put the mower together, mowed my yard, like bagged it like did all that and so many people helped us and and in a in a moment of you know just
1: it feels overwhelming Absolutely, you know and you're man it's like you got all these balls in the air and you're trying to keep them all from falling on the ground and if you could just hold this one ball over here that'd be great because that's one less i gotta keep up so mowing my yard was was nice now he left in november so it was like the last mow of the year yeah but, Lord, David was the great procrastinator. Oh. And so my grass wasn't very short. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would have never guessed that. I would never guess.
1: that. But anyways, um, another thing that someone did for me was instead of buying flowers for $50, they made a donation towards services for $50. Mm. Mm. Interesting. That. Yeah. I was like, you know what? That is great because that took a little bit of the burden off of me, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you see, I mean, that is something that we see more often now, not necessarily toward the services. I Mm -hmm. would never have thought of that, Mm -hmm. Um, but donations towards a charity or whatever, Yeah. but boy, a donation towards, you know.
1: Yeah, if you're wanting to do something for their family. Holy crap, that's a great idea. I mean, 25 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. Whatever you were going to spend on flowers, just.
0: Hand it to the funeral director. There's
1: little envelopes in there and you just sign your name on it. Wow. I sent a thank you card out. I never would have thought of that. Yeah. I also got a few throws, like blankets. Yeah. And I got yeah. some wind chimes and some birdhouses and things oh. like that, lanterns and different things, which are good because they're not going to die.
0: Right. Yeah. I've, one of the uh, one of the ladies I worked with, um, and it may have been the teachers in Madison, uh, but I just remember Susan giving giving me one of those lantern things mm-hmm. that was really special. It, yeah, it they're nice. Lot. And we got throws from you know different uh, from Jennifer's dad's passing and yeah uh, from my mother and, and you, you still have be, that now. The yeah, flowers absolutely. are gone. They're gone. Yeah, and and that's something where I'm not a big flower person. You know, I don't. I'm terrible about it. Um, partly because, and Jennifer may argue this, but I remember her telling me the flowers will die. Why don't yeah. we do something different that, you know, a memory can be made or something like that. Yeah. So it's not very often I get flowers for, her. but every once in a while, like during the summer, uh, I guess it was maybe once, um, I went out and picked.
1: <laughs> Picking flowers is better than buying uh,
0: them. And we got a ton of flowers I'll around the house I'll always vote here. for that. Yeah. I just put some in a vase, set them. Yep. It was probably one of the vases we got from, you That's know. Fine. I have a million vases oh, too, by God. the way. I was just thinking if you want to do something with them donate them back to the uh the, to flower, the flower shop say, hey. I thought
1: about taking some to like the funeral or not the funeral homes but the nursing homes oh, and yeah. oh, uh, different places you know that they might yeah. you know yeah. I don't know just thought about it yeah
0: I like that I thanks for for sharing about you know giving to the family rather than a charity or whatever or I mean
1: just buying them a meal or something yeah, I would yeah. rather I honestly would just rather them donate towards the service. Yeah. Because yeah. once you get that final bill and you see those little minuses of 25 50 <sighs> coming off. Yeah. I mean, it's like, wow, that...
0: That's really meaningful.
1: You know, these flowers, yeah, they're nice. Yeah. And it's not that you can't do it or that it's not right. appreciated. It's just they're going to die.
0: Well... Uh- I mean, in that moment, the flowers are wonderful, mm-hmm. and, and it shows appreciation. It shows condolences. It, it, it is appreciated. Right. Um, but you've had time to reflect right. on the entirety of the situation. And, and if it would be very simple to sit there and say, oh, no, I appreciated the flowers. They were incredible. And, but I, I wouldn't have had it any other way. But we're, we're talking about something real here. You're, yeah. re, you're being
1: very revealing, and very I think honest, and if you really want to do flowers, do a house plant. Oh yeah, I mean those yeah. things li- Those things will live for a while. They should. I mean if you're they should if you're decent to them. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just think it's really it, it
0: it's really meaningful to be that candid and say, you know, find be more creative in that way. You know? Yeah. And 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 I will say I appreciated the flowers. It was beautiful and it smelled nice and yada yada.
1: Right. Right. Um. But. But yeah. if you see a need just fill that void yeah and don't if you if they're gone you go over and do their laundry you wash their dishes you do something that when they come home they're like wow
0: it's the history teacher in me that is Uh-oh. kind of holding up right now because i i would uh, i just want to share the reason for flowers okay
1: all right the reasoning. For, I was sitting here thinking it has to be something that we've always done for years ago, and that's why is. people still do it.
0: It's very similar to why we, um, why there was boutonnieres and what's the
1: corsages or yeah. right. Yeah.
0: So a boutonier and a corsage. Think about the placement of where a boutonniere would be on on a male, right? Right. It's right in the chest, right? So when you're dancing with a female, typically she's shorter than the male. Where would her nose go?
1: Right by his chest.
0: To the boutonniere. The flower smells good. It covers up the smell of the BO. <laughs> because bathing wasn't...
1: It lures her in. <laughs> it's,
0: it's not a lures her in. It keeps her from running away. Because bathing wasn't something we did every day back when boutonniers became right. popular. Same with the... Or the... Uh, the... Uh, Crossage. Crossage. That goes up around... His neck, and yeah. where can he smell now? Up around his neck. What's up around his neck? The corsage, the flowers, the smell of the flowers is what he smells. Not her armpit because they didn't have deodorant.
1: So are you going to do this with Jennifer, give her her corsage? Her? No, but I'm, I'm... I need you to wear your corsage tonight, honey. <laughs> no.
0: Uh, no, we shower. We're showering people. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but thinking about the flowers at a funeral, mm-hmm. we are talking about a body that would be you know, on display. Right. And the reasoning for flowers and right. So it's the history for teacher. The fragrance. I'm having a moment here. I can't That's help all myself. Right. I gotta it's share. Okay. And so I think there is there's precedent now where we can start looking, okay. There there's a new way we can do things. Uh, tradition is fantastic. I love traditions. Uh, me too. But I also am someone who i I'm, I really like my milk to come Um, after it's pasteurized and you know, that knowing there's not
1: going to be, you know, uh, they're just. Things that have changed and evolved aren't always bad. Right. Some things can be. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sorry for my rant.
1: No, you're good. You're good. Um, another thing I jotted down here. These are just kind of therapy things that I remember thinking. Uh, one of them here is my therapist told me just because you think it doesn't make it real. Hmm. So, an example of that would be, I think they're upset with me, or I think they're mad at me, or I think they're disappointed in me. That doesn't mean it's the reality. Sure. So I can't hang everything on that. Should say, did you ask them? Did you? And this this can be true in relationships mm-hmm. of of all types, you know. Did you ask them no I just the way they're acting and she's like "Mm we don't play that game they're probably not mad at you they're probably having a hard time too or they're probably you know sure
0: maybe they have a question they want to ask and yeah they're they're worried about
1: what the answer might be or how I'll react right. or yeah you know sure just because you think it doesn't make it real
0: I'm I'm in one of those moods today, Uh-oh. but just thinking about that. There's a meme out there where it has the the male and the female laying in bed together, the couple laying in bed together, and she has the little bubble. I bet he's thinking of other women, and he's laying on the other side, going, "Why do they call? Why are they crickets? Why are they crickets? You know, so it's, <laughs> it's kind of like we think we know what the other yeah. person is thinking, but without asking, you really don't. You don't know. I mean, Jennifer will look at me sometimes. She'll be like. What are you thinking about? You're thinking about something. What, right. What's going on? And it literally might be, do I really want another C10 pickup truck? Or do I want to try and get an old Ford this time? Do I, Yeah. And if I got the old Ford, could I get the one? You, so, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I
1: That's do know.
0: Literally what's happening in my head or whatever. And, oh, my God, we think it's something mm-hmm. that maybe it's not.
1: So, You know, in the therapy part of it, you know, when you're going through all that and you just feel alone and all these other emotions that you go through. It's like maybe you shouldn't be feeling that because that's not really the reality. Yeah. So it's kind of just a food for thought thing, I guess, there. Another thing that my doctor shared with me when I first uh, started all my processing, she said, well, you've had a trauma. You've had a trauma and you need to think of yourself as being in the intensive care unit and you need to let people that nurse you in the intensive care unit yeah. take care of you. And it's okay to let people do that because you've been in a trauma, you know, and I guess I never really looked at it as a trauma, you know?
0: Yeah, it and certainly then, is. And, and, you know, we're, we're getting so much better at brain research. Mm-hmm. And it, and they can literally track and see how trauma changes the wiring in the brain. Right, there is a change that happens, and our brain is very plastic. It's it's a it's able to be molded and shaped and changed uh, on a continual basis. But trauma is is very real, and I think for so long we've heard you just got to suck that up.
1: Mm-hmm. I was white knuckling everything because I said, oh, man. you know, I knew that it would hurt. I knew that I would. I don't know, become isolated. I knew, like I expected all these things, you know. Mm -hmm. So when I finally did kind of reach out and get some extra help, it was like I could no longer hold on the white knuckle type situation, I guess. I just always, always been taught to kind of bear down and go through it, you know. Suck it up. Yeah, just suck it up. Yeah. Rub some dirt on it. That's (laughs) it. <laughs> oh, <old> Peyton Manning. <laughs>
0: Listen, there are some things where, where we do need to do that, right? Where, where we do need to challenge ourselves to become stronger. But there are other things where we need, we need to reach out and ask for some help to seek some guidance we don't have all the answers. Right. And, and I think that whole suck it up or, you know, rub some dirt on it or, you know, um, that, that sends such a message that it becomes habitual, So no matter what it is, you know, it's very different. I fall off my bike. I skin my knee. The life-changing event is getting back up on my bike. Right. Right. And and we'll get some wound care. But we're talking about the loss of a A loved loved one. one. Yeah. And that is not something that you just rub some dirt on it and get a Band-Aid and move on from, you know. Um, do you want to get back on the horse? Absolutely. You do want to get back up, but there is, there is guidance available in that type of trauma, you know? Right. Uh, So I, I think it's really important. Um, what, what prompted you to seek that?
1: Well, I shared the last time that I, when I finally did seek help was when I started feeling suicidal. Hmm. So I knew, like I knew Depression was part of it. I knew that loneliness was part of it. But when I started feeling like things would be better if I wasn't here. Mm -hmm. When I was driving down a road that's 30 mile an hour zone and I'm going 90. Winding around it and I finally get to the end of the road and I stop. And I'm sobbing because I'm like, okay, I'm still here, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think that it had to take something kind of earth shattering to me because i'm not a i'm an adventure seeker i can't say i'm not because i do love ziplining and roller coasters and things like that but i'm not a careless person or one that would take my life at risk mm-hmm. so when i recognized things that were out of habit or out of character for me that's when i kind of reached out and i remember specifically troy telling my family he told all of us but i remember them saying him saying to them you know each other the best And you're going to hit some hard days. You're coming up on the holidays. You guys are going to hit some hard times. All the support that's around you right now is going to kind of fade back. You have to watch out for each other. If you see this one slipping, you need to be proactive to help them. If you see this going on, then, you know, reach out to the appropriate people. I remember that. And that prompted me. I was like, "Hmm." I sat at that stop sign and called my doctor. And she got me in later that day. I don't, I don't know if it was a God thing or if she just had an opening or what. But I went in later that day and started what I would like to say is my new beginning of my new, you know. Yeah. You just kind of feel like you spiral down. I don't know how else to explain it. If I felt like nobody understood, sure. Of course, everybody's lost people, but have you lost your spouse? Right. You really? I, I'm not saying mine's worse than. Yours, you know, right. mine's different, but man, it just felt so earth shattering. I'd go home to an empty home every single night, you know, and it was just, huh. Yeah. So I think recognizing that there was things I was doing that were out of my character. I think that's what kind of prompted me.
0: Uh, Takes some bravery to, uh, to own it yeah especially with ourselves you know what i mean mm-hmm. i think i think it's one thing when when we realize we've we've wronged another right when we've wronged someone someone we're very close to that we love and to own that and to stand up and stand in that arena and say i that's me i did it mm-hmm. i own it i'm sorry I, you know whatever it might be but to stand in our own reflection And say that to ourselves. Why is it so damn hard for us to? I don't know, man. I don't
1: know. We hold ourselves to such a standard.
0: Well, it's because we know of all our own flaws, right? You know, we have picked ourselves apart to to a level. You
1: can stand in the mirror and call everything out that you hate about yourself. Oh, but then someone that just met you could look at you and say, "He is a really nice guy. He's, you know,
0: right." Yeah,
1: and they see nothing of what you see.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy. So true, but. And I think there's there's power in both of that. I think recognizing all your flaws and continuing to to push yourself to be better, to overcome, yada yada. But I, I, to to apologize to yourself for the way you have mm-hmm. treated yourself, you know, to 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 realize I need some help. Right is is um it's a cultural thing. Yeah, it is is it's an American cultural thing. To where we don't want to show any sort of weakness, even to ourselves. Right. Because if we admit it to ourselves, then it's really real. Yeah. It's one thing for somebody to say it to me. "Uh, Scott, you're whatever. Right. But when I say it to me, Mm -hmm. uh, then it's real. And, And culturally, we have to realize that we all have a weakness. And many of them. Right. And that that's okay. That it's okay to have some sort of weakness and to, to be vulnerable, uh, vulnerable, like being able to say the word vulnerable, <laughs> and, uh, being vulnerable enough to say, hmm, you know, that's something I'm, I'm not good at.
1: I'm really not doing the, my best that's, part right here. I got to. I'm not my best. I got to change this
0: up. Yeah. This I, is... I think once we evolve to that, mm-hmm. we can really start to see our best. I definitely version.
1: grew in those moments. Yeah, I absolutely. definitely grew. And then my counselor was just amazing. And I remember telling her, don't just talk to me. <laughs> don't just sit here and tell me everything you think I want to hear. I need you to give me action. Yeah. You got to tell me what can because I, I need a job. I'm hmm. going crazy. I need something to do to make this better.
0: Do you think everybody's a taskmaster? Because I'm that way. Oh, man, if I I'm don't a know. Taskmaster, I, I think to myself and I'm like, I need something to do. Mm-hmm. Tell me what I need to do and I'm going to go do it. I'm that way. Yeah.
1: If somebody's moving in a house and you've got 15 people standing around, just give me one job. That's it. You want me to go put that bed together? That's right. That's what I'll be doing. If you need me, that's where I'll be. Yeah. Everybody doesn't need to stand here and watch you put your dishes away. Yeah. You know. Oh god. I'm that way. Yeah. yeah. Get a lot uh, more
0: Jennifer is is that person Ugh. as well. Don't stand and watch and then and don't even ask. <laughs> don't ask. <laughs> what do you need me to do?
1: freaking look around
0: be an adult and and figure it out there's right?
1: a ton of stuff i want you to do right if you ask
0: me that you're, you're asking for it
1: somebody says what can i do i'm like well if you're just going to stand there you can run my shoulders That's
0: a, i mean. <laughs> uh-oh you're looking at your I, notes i am looking I at my like notes it. here that, um I like it.
1: another thing that i thought was one of the best pieces of advice that i got because a lot of times when you're when you're in your emotions and you're hurting and you want to hurt makes you want to hurt people, hurt people, hurt people. You've heard it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when you're in those emotions and you're in those feelings, you just want to lash out and you want people to feel part of what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. So the one of the best things that anyone ever told me during this whole process was that I just need to be quiet. <laughs> just be quiet. They said, uh, "Be quiet when you feel like you want to explode." Just be quiet. The silence is will fall on deaf ears, basically. <laughs> it will make people, you know, even when you're talking about dead silence on the podcast, mm-hmm. it makes you pause and think, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. It gives you a reflective moment. Yeah. That's yeah. for sure. Uh, it's so interesting you say that because that that is something I worked really hard at as as a principal, and especially as an assistant principal, mm-hmm. was not responding. Mm-hmm not responding uh and i and do I, that at work a lot i just look at them i can recall telling teachers that why do you need to respond and i, I would tell students that why do you need to respond
1: because they want the last word well
0: sure <laughs> there's power They want to be right, right. I th-
1: but yeah. i think that's where it comes from when you're hurting you know sure. you want to be right or you want to be heard yeah i mean
0: well yeah i mean it's it's just think of the art of war. You know, somebody attacks you. What are you going to do? You're going to retaliate. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going
1: to hunker down and wait for the storm Absolutely. to pass.
0: Absolutely. You know, uh, i i I feel like I've done a much better job of just shutting up. Mm-hmm. I have a Me podcast. Too. I have
1: right. I love it though.
0: Thirty hours of of recording <laughs> saying that I don't shut up, <laughs> and here I am saying I shut up. But I I think I do a better job of just right. being quiet, and that can be that can be uh, a tactic. Almost.
1: Right. Uh, and
0: I've used it as a tactic. Um, so
1: it's helped me in relationships, you know, with, like I said, if just because I think they're mad at me, doesn't mean they're really mad at right. me. Right. It's helped me too, to kind of just pull back and reflect and not put everything out there yeah. and not, you know, I don't have to.
0: Don't open up something that you really didn't want to open.
1: Right. And I know the truth. Yeah. You know, you know the truth. So, It's okay.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's really good stuff. That was
1: a piece of good advice that I got, but then, okay. Um, Finding healthy ways to cope. Okay. So, of course, there are bad ways, you know, alcohol, drugs, um, things like that are definitely negative, you know. But finding things that are healthy in your life that can help you cope. You know, if you love to bake, lunge into that. If Mm -hmm. you love to clean, lean into that. I mean... Don't just sit in your grief and just solitude and just be sad and, you know, mm-hmm. find something that you're passionate about and give yourself a reason to get up every day. So many people, my kids and my kids and especially made this known to me. They always said, mom, you're so strong. And I'm like, I don't feel strong. Hmm. I feel like the weakest person in the world here right now. Something breaks. I have to find someone that can help me. I mean, there are some things I can do, but you know, I'm a girl. I, There's things I'm good at and things I'm not, you know.
0: Picking up great big heavy rocks.
1: (laughs) It's not on my list. (laughs) Not on
0: mine anymore either.
1: (laughs) But, uh, you know, they they told me the reason you're so strong is because every day you get up and you put your feet on the floor. Every single day. Mm -hmm. You don't stay in bed. You know, I made myself a checklist (laughs) right when you first left. I have to shower at least three times a week and I have to eat at least one thing a day. I don't care how much I eat of it. I don't care if it's just a little nibble or if it's a whole palate. I, mm-hmm. I don't care. But I have to do those things and I have to, you know, because I thought, man, I, the days just run together. It's like when you're on right. vacation.
0: You don't even want to do.
1: Well, when you're on vacation, you're like, is today Tuesday or right. wait? I don't know what today
0: right. is. Did I, did I shower?
1: And when you're off on bereavement, yes. it's like, I don't even know what day it is or what time. I, I'm pretty sure I showered this morning. Right. Was right. Today. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, just, I guess, being aware and sure. finding healthy ways to cope. I leaned into photography.
0: Mm.
1: I've been doing it for a while, but I really kind of leaned more into it. I pulled back a little bit when he first left just because I wasn't in a good headspace. Yeah. But it's something that I'm passionate about and I've, you know, it's something that I love to do. And so that's something I do. And then, you know, if if it's not going to hurt me, I'm going to go do it. I'm gonna go ziplining. I'm gonna go race a golf cart. I'm gonna, you know.
0: It, it's interesting. I was thinking earlier if there was one thing you could share with our listeners that um the 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 one thing you miss the most, um and that's such a hard question. And I've heard multiple things that, you know, one thing I miss the most
1: about being married or about um, my relationship with my late husband yep, or your relationship with David. One thing I miss the most, well, it might be in my journal. <laughs> sure,
0: And you don't have to share, you know, just,
1: um, let me think about that for a minute. Yeah. I'll come back to it.
0: And then the flip side of that, what has been the one thing? And I think you've answered it. Um, what is the, the, Bright side of that. What would
1: you think my bright side is? If you think I've answered it,
0: I, I think I think what you've done is you've realized that um, there there is life to live, yeah, and to live in that moment, mm-hmm. uh, to not have to. I
1: would agree with you because I feel like I was always so cautious. Mm-hmm. You know, I have money in the bank, I have a savings, but. Before I was always like, oh, so cautious. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, you know what? I want that $5 coffee. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, I got my bills paid. Everything's okay. What if tomorrow doesn't come?
0: And I can hear you saying that. And it's
1: not. Yeah. And it's not that I want to splurge on everything all the time. But if I feel in that moment that I want to do something or I want to, you know, then I want to do it, you know, Hmm. I don't want to be held back. From, I don't know, the stigma, I guess.
0: Yeah. No. And I appreciate that. Uh, and that's what I meant. I could I hear mean, it. You're saying it. We're at the
1: age where you got to think about retirement, you know? Sure. 20 years or so, we're going to be retired. 20? And... Yeah, I'm going to figure this thing out like another 15, dude. <laughs> I'm just, well, I'm younger than you. <laughs> just...
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah.
1: I got I'll you still, by like I'm eight still, months. I'm still 49. we can get... Um, no, but I mean we're we're at the age where we got to think about that stuff. So you don't want to just blow everything all the time. But also in the same tacting, it's I remember David always saying I'd say, "Let's go away for a weekend." He'd say, "Let's just pay the electric bill."
0: I, um Man, oh, that
1: drive me crazy.
0: I- <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that because there are times when. I say that to Jennifer and other times she says it to me. So we balance each other out. Oh, so
1: frustrating. I'm like, we will still pay the electric bill. Can we just go away for the weekend? You know? Right. And so it's important to me to be present in those moments. You know, yeah. it, yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely something that I've taken away from everything. Yeah.
0: To kind of piggyback on that, we went to Louder Than Life uh, last weekend. Mm-hmm. And for those that are listening don't know, and you, I don't know if you're familiar. It's, it's, I'm not. It, it is the biggest music uh, festival in the United States. 180,000 people or so uh, visit that over four days so uh, I'm, I'm a huge metal fan i love heavy metal right it's been in my blood
1: never would have guessed that
0: in my blood since uh i was really young i talked about it on one of my early podcasts but i want to bring something up today
1: i know you talked about heavy metal but i would have pegged you for a classic rock guy. Uh,
0: and i love that too but you put me in i cried i cried at pantera
1: oh
0: i'm tearing up <laughs> a little bit now thinking about it because i had seen them in my youth and I seen them again this year and ah, I'm getting chills thinking about, I realized there's, there's probably not going to be many other chances and the amount of, of, um, memories, Mm -hmm. um, emotion. I was just overwhelmed and I just stood there at the end of the show and Jennifer's like, okay, let's go. We gotta, we're gonna, I just stood there and I said, I'm,
1: I need a minute. I need a minute.
0: And, and, you know, there I am. I'd had quite a few adult beverages and, you know, just enjoyed a show. Yeah. There was a 10-year-old boy standing there with us in the sea of 60,000 people, and I'm maybe 50 feet from stage. So there's a mosh pit in front of me, a mosh pit behind me, crowd surfers everywhere. There's a 10-year-old boy that's standing behind me. Uh, and we we had a friend go with us. Uh, Taylor's there. And Taylor's like 6'9". Right. He's a huge man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Taylor protected this boy through that. But watching these what appear to be extremely violent mosh pits happening. And right. for those who have never been in a mosh pit, uh, know that it is controlled, uh, chaos. Yeah. The people that are there, like I ended up in a mosh pit during Lint Biscuit this year. Um, <laughs> and I took some dude out, I'm 49. And I took this 20 year old dude out and you know, like when it's all over with, he come up and gave me a big high five. He's like, Dude, you took me out and I'm like, I'm so sorry, man. And he goes, No, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so just know in those moments. But here's this ten year old boy that we protected and we made sure that he had someone there to keep him safe somewhere. Where were his parents? The they were back on the lawn.
1: Oh, he just I wandered himself it. up.
0: I, uh, they knew where he went. Okay. They knew he was going to try and get up toward the front. And they said, not all the way. It's too rough up front, which it is. Right. Uh, it's very rough up front. But when we went, uh, they give you wristbands. Right. And you pay everything with your wristband. So you never get out. It's like your, when you're on
1: the cruise. Have you ever been on a cruise?
0: I have, but no, I you didn't get have like a, a little.
1: Now you get a little badge, like a little lanyard. Oh, really? And they scan that. that. And that's how you pay for everything on the uh. ship.
0: Well, okay, similar thing. <laughs> and after it was all said and done, I mean, it's a stinking twelve fifteen dollar beer, mm-hmm. right? And so it was started, really good. We had someone <laughs> absolutely. We we had someone there with us that was driving us. Right. We didn't have to worry about driving back and forth, and you know, so we could pregame, we could postgame, and and be safe in doing that. And when we got all the when the weekend's over, Jennifer's like. I don't think I even want to look and see. I said, just don't, just don't. We had a great time, right? Just don't. For once, let's not even look, right, and see what that
1: cost, us. right?
0: <laughs> and I still haven't looked. I I'm don't know. So if proud of has. you for that. Uh, but we decided we were going to go have a great. And it's time. not
1: about being crazy. Like that's what I mean, right there. Yeah. It's not so. about being crazy, frivolous with your money, but it's about living in that moment. Absolutely. You know.
0: And we saw some amazing bands. Let me tell you, Foo yeah. Fighters are—they kill it. Got to see <laughs> Foo Fighters. get to see Weezer, uh, uh, Tool, Pantera, Megadeth. I hadn't seen Megadeth live ever. Really? Oh my god!
1: I've never seen him either. Oh,
0: he still talks like he's got something going on in there.
1: <laughs> it was just, he's angry. Oh, man, it was such
0: a great time. And then Green Day was the last show of the the weekend, and we. Jennifer, Where was this even at? Louisville. Okay. Oh, sorry. All my Southern Indiana people. Louisville. 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 King Louisville. <laughs> Who um, was never a King Louie, I guess. But anyway, Jennifer's like one person away from the fence. I couldn't get to her. That's how packed in it was for every mm-hmm. day. day. Uh, I would guess you know, a friend of mine posted, we probably had $1,000 tickets. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were to say where we were in the crowd, right. $1,000 seats uh, for Tool for multiple bands. Great time, but we we enjoyed it, right? And for once, we didn't come back and count receipts, right? You know, we just enjoyed our weekend, and we enjoyed our weekend when we got back from the weekend, rather than living in regret.
1: Yeah, just, I shouldn't have bought that twelve dollar beer, right? You know, that, you enjoyed it. That which one? <laughs> One of many. (laughs)
0: $15 margarita.
1: Right. So I think, okay, so I've had a few minutes to think about it. I think one thing that I really miss is just having that one person that just won't leave me. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Because when you are married to someone, you can't just leave. Right. You can't just, oh. I don't like the way you're wearing your shirt. I'm out of here. And I'm not saying that it's like that now, but I'm just saying right. that feeling of they can't leave me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You get mad, go to bed. We'll try it again tomorrow. Yeah. You, you're you're not leaving.
0: Hmm. But there's some reality in that, knowing. It is real. That they can. Yeah. That kind of hit me.
1: And right then. knowing that. Even, even though you're married to her, she can still leave against her will, you know, but it's, I don't know, man. Yeah. Hard one. And when I, when I started photography back up again, really hard again, I was doing weddings and when they'd say till death do us part, man, that part got me every single time and it still kind of does, but it's not as bad, but it's a rough one.
0: That was a big one. I
1: you don't think about things like that until you've been through it. Yeah, you know. Wow. Someone that loses their parents, you've went through it, so you could kind of walk beside them and and kind of guide them and help them. Yeah. But you don't think about <laughs> what it's like like to lose your spouse.
0: What's interesting is um, I was a junior high teacher, principal, mm-hmm. a coach, etc. And you know, I always I always created a, a very open relationship with my kids, you know, to where they, we would have real conversations and treated them with respect and, you know, so we could jab at each other a little bit here and there, you know, just, um, and every once in a while the kids would say something like your mom (laughs) and I would say, my mom's dead. Oh no. And they would, Oh God, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Mr. I'm I didn't. I'm like, Hey, right now my mom is chuckling. And she's mad at me a little bit. Right. But she's laughing because I got a funny reaction. Right. I said, You never know what you're gonna say to people what they've been through. Right. You know, just be thoughtful of that. Be thoughtful about the words you say and mm-hmm. you know, with with you saying with death to his part, oh wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and to be at a wedding every time and you know it's coming.
1: You know, I used to joke with David and I would say, You better be nice to me. I'm the only wife you're ever gonna have until you die. Oh, that's terrible (laughs) but I didn't mean it literally No, I was just poking at him you know right better be nice to me the last thing I have wrote down here is just that um, well there's two things here I guess ignoring your grief will make it worse in the long run so Mm -hmm. if you just keep pushing it down pushing it down pushing it down and not handling or coping with it it's going to hit you up from out of nowhere and it's just going to overwhelm you like a tidal wave
0: that seeking it's gonna
1: make it worse you know
0: yeah i i don't don't know if i mentioned this last time we talked but you know do you do you care for do you care for yourself as well as you care for your
1: pet Mm. yeah
0: that is a um it's a 12 rules for life jordan peterson thing uh that one hits me all the time uh, I think about that quite a bit. Do right. I treat myself as well as I would treat my pet?
1: And and I'll remind you of that, Scott, you probably don't tell your pet that they're not good enough or they're All too right. fat or they're too slow or they're.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're I mean, sm- don't smudgy. say that to yourself because. Only thing I say to Smudgy is, hey, little buddy. Hey, little buddy. Hey, little buddy. <laughs> he is a little dude.
1: And then the last one here is, there's not really a timetable to feeling better. Mm. I mean, yeah, you kind of got to take it at your own pace. You kind of got to just let it happen yep. and don't put that pressure on yourself of it's been almost two years for me. I should be over it by now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think not putting that pressure on yourself is huge too.
0: Yeah. Well, we talked about, you know, the, the stages of grief mm-hmm. and it's not a linear thing. Mhm. And and that there is no timeline. It's not like, okay, well, it's been three days, and you're uh, done with the shock. There we go. Now it's time <laughs> to move into the next. And um, um, hit hello. Your stopwatch. You need to make sure you put this in your calendar. Because, right. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Right. You know, I've been without my mom for uh, since 2004. Oh god, 4 or 5 it's terrible I can't remember the date. It's almost 20 years. Right. Uh, and so and, and it has been uh it'll be 20 years this this uh Thanksgiving I believe. So
1: um so that'd be 19, three 19 years i don't even know
0: anyways yeah it had to be 2004 or 5 my brother right now is probably going come on scott
1: you know this but
0: i don't think they listen to my podcast anyway so i can say anything i want about my siblings really yeah i, I, I bet I, they listen um i don't know we'll find out <laughs> now but you know I, I just looked up a moment ago you were talking and there's a picture of my mom with with addison on the wall there and, and yeah and i thought i'm not done i'm not done grieving. Her being gone and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I get to choose how that works. Mm-hmm. I get to choose when I and I say I go to their graves. They're not there. Right. They're their ashes and they've been cremated. They're not there. Um
1: what did you do? That's see. the thing I want I want to ask you about that. What okay, so David was cremated yeah. and the funeral home told me if I take him somewhere or do something to let the funeral home know so they can document it. So that way, if somebody ever does genealogy, they would know where he's laid to rest. So if your are your parents cremated?
0: Yes. Both of them.
1: So what did you end up doing with their ashes? Because I'm okay. I want to do like, I'm going to take him to the Grand Canyon yep. because that's something him and I wanted to do, but I don't want to take all of him there. Is that oh, weird? Oh,
0: that's interesting because I, I kind of have a little bit different philosophy I on that. I'll share a couple things. I don't want to
1: let all of it go. Is that weird? Okay
0: um There are a few different things. Okay, so uh, I'll just be blatantly honest. My parents' ashes are currently in a closet here uh, in the house.
1: That's funny that you say they're in a closet because um, the funeral home told me that they get a lot of cremains brought in. I'm sure they do. that are at homes that were bought, and they're like, we don't know what to do with these. Will you guys uh, take them? So well, it's interesting that you have them in me. your closet. I can't imagine leaving them somewhere. I don't know. Well, what My... if you left? What if oh, you passed away? Yeah, sure. And then somebody sure. buys this house, they're gonna say, "Well, I don't even know who these people yeah. are." Uh,
0: uh, our's are in. Uh, my parents are in like a. There's one that's a little suitcase, and the other one's like a little, um, um, like a lock, um, a Footlocker type box. Yeah. So they're kind of. They don't look like.
1: Cremains. So, yeah. Now David's in an urn, but inside the urn there's paperwork from the funeral home. Gotcha. Same. So that if yeah. I travel with him, a, I've never. Opened. I have. Yeah, if I travel with him, then they won't confiscate it because I guess people that love to do illegal drugs hide them in cremains. Oh, that's wild! Yeah, so So, they will confiscate your loved one.
0: Um, I've had a few things come up, and I'll just tell you where where I stand on it. Okay. Um, just it's me. It's just who I am, and and who what I think my parents would have would have believed too. So, Mm -hmm. um. I would like to take them to the Smoky Mountains, and together. Yep, together, and spread their ashes together, uh, at the same. All time. of them. All of them, and the reason I I I feel that um, is because they should be whole together.
1: Right. Um, now, see, I've given like my daughter some ashes, sure. like thing, you know.
0: And, and I've had I've I've had uh, requests from family members uh for you know, for like a necklace, necklace or something or tattoos jewelry or, yeah different things mm-hmm. um and i i believe i strongly believe at least for my dad he would not want that okay um and part of that is is because he was very specific did not want an autopsy he did not want a funeral uh he very specific mm-hmm. and, um so I have to utilize my knowledge and relationship with my dad and my mom that they they are going to be together in whole when we spread their ashes. My hopes are that my 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 siblings can all go together go with you and do it, do it together,
1: yeah
0: it's gonna be very difficult to do that,
1: yeah,
0: so but I'm still holding out hope for that um
1: put it on the calendar, yeah. Make them. I know. Make a plan.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah.
1: So that's the hard part is, is making time to go do stuff. It is. If it's important to you, you will make time for it.
0: Yeah. Uh, at one time, I thought um, my dad would would be in the Mississinewa River.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: Um, but we all agreed they wanted to be together in the Smoky Mountains, and and we're sticking to that plan.
1: That's not even that far away, is it? Is this? Wait, am I? confused yeah. here I'm not a geography person yeah.
0: five hours
1: okay then we can do that on a weekend I would think so let's do it my
0: brother's in Texas
1: well that He's one's a little have to hard fly one up, so
0: but we'll figure it out so right that's that's my hopes
1: I would make it I would tell them hey guys this is what we're planning yeah. on doing and yeah I'd
0: love to do it on their anniversary their anniversary and my mom's birthday was April 3rd oh yeah so um boy you talk about it man you imagine having your Birthday on the same day as your anniversary. Well, the You're thing is,
1: is, out of a gift. Your, your dad never had to forget one or the other. Oh, he
0: forgot it. I'm sure.
1: I strategically put our wedding anniversary on the same number as David's birth number, so they're both on the 23rd, different months. Yeah. But I was like, don't ever forget the 23rd. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: <laughs> well, great stuff. Any any last thoughts? Um,
1: let me see here. I don't know if there's anything in this one.
0: What is that? What is
1: Um this is just a journal that I had that um I wrote in literally the days that he left. So, I don't know if there's anything in here or not. I guess I can read read a little bit of one of them. It's they're pretty lengthy. Please do. I don't know,
0: they're pretty lengthy. We can we can uh in the podcast on that like we did the last time with with, with his yeah. with his
1: voice, absolutely, that's kind of cool, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it's a great way to to end the second one.
1: All right, so November fourth was the day that he left, and this was wrote on November fifth. Okay. All right, so the next day we woke up and realized this nightmare had continued. We got up around, we got up and around, and I spoke to the funeral home that day. And social media was on fire with everyone sharing their condolences. I was so overwhelmed, so our daughter Amanda was responding to everyone and thanking them. To this day, I still have no idea who all messaged me. That day was a blur. Later that day, his mom, stepdad, sisters, and our children were all sitting around with so many people bringing food in and out, paper plates, cups, napkins, etc. My neighbor brought over KFC for dinner, and we ate some of that. Didn't really have lunch. I remember... One of my friends coming by with some fresh homemade chicken noodle soup, which I lived on for the next three days. We spent that day gathering photos and preparing for what um, would prove to be a full week of pure hell. David left on a Thursday with the autopsy not being done until Monday and the funeral home got him on Tuesday. And I was able to have services on Wednesday and Thursday. I recall one day we had to go to the flower shop because I didn't want flowers on his casket I wanted a blanket throw so I selected one and took it to the funeral home I needed to I had to take him different shoes because they were missing which I shared with you earlier about that mm-hmm. um eventually the coroner came up with the shoes but it wasn't until after the time that he had that they could have already been used I decided on cremation because that's what David wanted it was so weird to think about everything is just so final Why does death sting so bad? The next few weeks, Amanda stayed with me, helping me out any way she could. Austin and his wife stayed longer at our home for support also. I recall feeling so overwhelmed and like nobody could possibly understand what I'm going through. The pain of losing your best friend for the past 29 years. My house seemed uh, like chaos. I just wanted to be left alone. Left alone to have my thoughts, my sadness, I felt like I had to be strong for everyone that stopped by, and at the same time, I felt like I was given the strength that I needed to endure what was to come. The hours dragged on, and I just couldn't think clearly. I had to force myself to eat something every day. I think it was about four months before I had to force food and actually think, have I ate today? I remember not feeling like doing anything at all and it was just a good day if I could remember that to eat something, take my medicine and take a shower and sleep. Insomnia was my worst enemy. The day of David's viewing, I wore comfortable clothes and I knew it was going to be a long day. I had the viewing for 3 for 5 hours and I had a private viewing time for our family and children prior to that. Um I just sp- spoke about who I invited up. This was the first time that I'd laid my eyes on David since he had left. The night before he left, I did take one of my um, anxiety pills, so I was I was able to be present and get through the day. I had to, I recall working, walking in the back door of the funeral home, and... Um, they met me at the back door and asked me if I was ready for this. Without, With um, some hesitation, I nodded, and the kids and I walked ahead, paused in the hallway, and was overwhelmed with sadness and guilt, felt fear, denial, pain, anger, confusion, you name it, I had it. Amanda saw me struggling and came by my side. She said, you've got this, Mom. So I gathered myself and began slowly walking towards that casket. Hmm.
0: There's a lot... A lot. I, I don't know what else to <laughs> put in there. That's a lot. Yeah,
1: it is a lot.
0: Well, I know. I sure appreciate you sharing and in, in our conversations. And,
1: I appreciate uh, you having me back on. I just had so much more stuff. I just wanted to share.
0: God, I don't know if we're done.
1: <laughs> hey, I'll come back anytime. I'm just saying.
0: <laughs> I, I think there's there's more to this. That um. I just think there's more.
1: I think if if you've not had to go through it, you just, like, you know, like you said, the kids don't think about things when they say things, and adults don't either. But I think until you're faced with it,
0: you know. Well, it's definitely not something we want to...
1: Even think about. Right.
0: We're going to end it. Got to end it somewhere. That's all right. And I, I, man, thanks for sharing your journal with us. Yeah. Freaking awesome. <laughs> it's hard Uh, it's
1: bad that i I can't read my own writing (laughs) i was
0: i was getting lost in the moment so all right cool well you're gonna say we're out
1: we're out (laughs)